Welcome to SBM Studios Podcast, your home for the most insightful interviews featuring Southern Gospel artists and industry insiders. Now, here's your host, Scott Bolden. Well, thank you, Jason, and welcome back to SBM Studios Podcast. I'd like to welcome our listeners to our sixth episode. And we're just having a blast here, y'all. And I'm really excited about our show today. You know, the last few episodes we've had have, uh, we featured some interviews with some of Southern Gospel's uh, best personalities and some of my best friends. And I am really tickled. Y'all that know me know that I'm a former youth pastor. And you mix that youth pastor love that I have for young people with my love for Southern Gospel music. And I'm just so excited to have a wonderful family with me today. It's actually part of the Mylan Hayes family, the children of the Mylan Hayes family, Connor, Bailey, and Kennedy. Welcome, guys. Thank Hello. You. We're excited to do this. We are. I'm just so thankful that you are willing to take a few moments of your evening and share it with this old guy uh, that you really don't even know, you know? Hey, anytime. <laughs> we, love, we love it. I, I was thinking about it. You know, um, you guys are in a bad spot, and I, I haven't been there like you have because you guys sing sometimes in front of thousands, I know. But, you know, everybody knows you and knows your name. You know, I, I've spoken to y'all a couple of times, NQC, stuff like that. But it tickles me when, you know, folks expect you to know them and remember, you know, remember <laughs> the name. Um, yep. During my years on the pastorate, I served for some associational positions. You know, people see you at Walmart and they're like, hey, Brother Scott, how you doing? And I'm like, hey, you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we, always, we always say we know faces better than names. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, but I, I'm just really thankful for y'all. And I've been talking back and forth with Miss Wendy, your mom, and uh, she's been very gracious. And I'm just thankful for y'all to share your time. Now, absolutely. you guys are located in North Carolina. Is, is Hudson correct? Yes, sir. Hudson, North Carolina. It's just a small town in the western part of the state. We're kind of at the foothills, right at the base of one of the mountains here. And so we've got some pretty scenery around us. So it's a good place to call home. Okay. Is that pretty close to Boone, where the original yes. Hayes family was from? We're about 45 minutes from our grandmother who lives in Boone. And so, you know, we got walking trails and all that up there. So any about anything you want to do around here. Oh, that's awesome. Now, you you said you live in a small town. Now, yes, I live in a small town called Kennedy. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, but we have a population of about 450. Now, that's a small town. Well, y'all, I, uh, I was thinking back, and I'm a longtime fan of the Hayes family. I was looking back at the history of the Hayes family, and I don't know exactly when they started, but at the first, uh, recording on the discography that I found was around 1982. Oh my. And I saw, I think on an interview with you guys or an article I read, I think that, or maybe it was a post on social media. I think the first national quartet convention that the Hayes family went to was 1987. And my first, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. My first NQC as a fan was actually 1988. So I, I came oh, with, wow. a, yeah, yeah, I'm old. Um, I came <laughs> to love the Hayes family as part of my introduction to Southern gospel music. And That's really uh, cool. it is. And I think I was thinking about some of my favorite songs and I, I don't know if y'all ever, I know you listened probably to the music, but I don't know if y'all have ever sung, but some of the stuff like payday someday heaven is waiting. Oh, yes. 
You know, um, we've we've never sung those as the Mylan Hayes family, but we are planning. We don't know when necessarily, but we are planning to do a recording, re-record some of their old songs and kind of do like a tribute album to them sometime in the future. And um, we, I know that Payday Someday is top of the list. You know, it's one that would be on there. And they have some good blood, songs. Oh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And one of them, I don't even know if this was a release, but there was one I was thinking about. Mercy, I'd like to hear uh, your family group sing now. It's He Knows How Much You Can Bear. That was one of my favorite little ditties that the Harris yeah. family yeah. used to sing. I don't think I've heard that one, so I'll have to I'll have to listen to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'd be sharp. But, uh, yeah, so following along, and I know that uh, Mylon and Wendy married around 1995, uh, I believe. And yes, so yes. here you guys are, about 2012. Is that when y'all started the Mylon Hayes family? Yes, sir, we did. Um, we started, we recorded our first CD in, 2000, um, in 2012. It came out in 12, and um, that's we started singing in some local revivals and things like that. And um, at the time my dad was um, leading the music at our home church and um, he was doing that whenever we were home when the Hayes family was still singing some there at the very end. And so we, we would go out in the week and do some revivals and then some weekends here and there. And it just, the Lord started blessing and just, it just grew from there. So we've just been, we've been blessed and thrilled to, just see what God does through all these years, you know, and we're coming up on a coming up on a decade. And yeah. that's 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 something that's kind of hard to believe that we're already there. Well, it's something when you have 21 year olds and a 17 year old that are old pros. You know what I'm saying? We started, that's a... we started, we started out as Mylon and the Chipmunks, I think. <laughs> yeah, <first> <laughs> well, you say that, and I was watching a video, and I thought it was about the first time I really remembered seeing you, you guys sing in the Mylon Hayes family. It was, I don't know exactly what the event was, but. Had to be early on. Y'all were singing Rock of Ages, one of the numbers y'all do the shape notes on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Kennedy was very small. And the guys, I got tickled at uh, Bailey. I believe you were on the tenor part. And yes, you had to be around that 12, 13 age, I think, because <laughs> I felt your pain because when you uh, <laughs> when you when you went on the chorus, there's a one little part that was just about at the top of the range for someone yeah. whose voice was changing. You know what yes, I'm saying? Sir. I know exactly what you're <laughs> talking about it i can i can remember that vividly <laughs> we we thank our dad and mom pretty often for bearing with us through those yeah. through those years where it was it was hard going through those voice changes absolutely but they stuck in there with us. <laughs> oh, and y'all did a fantastic job. I was thinking, you know, because you, you nailed it. You nailed everything on there. But I was thinking how amazing it was for young people your ages. Because, again, you were probably about 9, 13, something like that. And so, y'all, not only were y'all singing Southern Gospel in, in perfect harmony, you were also singing Southern Gospel shape notes, which most of the folks on the stage probably couldn't have done. And you were doing this in some of the biggest name in front of some of the biggest names oh, of yeah. Southern Gospel music, you know. And we were shaking in our boots. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> oh, goodness. But uh, that was my first memory of you guys. And, you oh, know, man. talking about that, you, basically your life has been spent on the road, right? It has. Yes, sir. Um, of course, the Hayes family, when they sang, us kids went every weekend with them. And so, um, you know, they had seven grandkids that rode the bus. 
And so, of course, we all grew up around it, and uh, you know, it could get it can get pretty wild with seven people <laughs> with seven kids and uh, thirteen people total. And so, anyways, we uh, you know we grew up loving that, and our granddad was the one who taught us the shape notes. He um, he took an old piece of paper and drew a music staff and wrote the shape notes and took all of us kids to the back of the bus and he sat us down a, a lot of times for music lessons just over and over and over and so we we thank our granddad for teaching us the shape notes and instilling in us that love for southern gospel music and then of course we did the singing schools which my granddad and dad all went to singing schools when they were young and so just kind of carrying on the family tradition and the family heritage and we love every second of it that is fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I regret. And I'm not much of a singer, but I'd enjoy singing. And yeah. I never had, I think I went to one singing school one time, but I was very disinterested. So I didn't really pay much attention. <laughs> but, you know, I, I grew up like Mr. Fields, Mr. Wayman, all that bunch, and several of the yeah. other ones in this area. Yeah. They they can read those notes. And, and, and it's yes, an sir. amazing talent, you know, because you basically, I used to go to those when I was with a local regional group. They would have these homecoming singings where they had these new books. They would pop the plastic yeah. off of the books. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You never saw these songs before and then just get that pitch and here we go. Because, yes, that's, sure. yeah, that's that's amazing. And it's really an awesome testament to you guys to, to and and really a testament to your father and your 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 grandfather or the family to to carry on that tradition to to absolutely teach to you. yeah absolutely so life lived on the road and 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 you had that with you talked about a crowded bus back in the Hayes family days but even in your own family you know you've got five family members and, and I'm not really sure if you uh, if, if pop drives the bus or if y'all have a bus driver but um, I was thinking about you know those buses get pretty small. Yes, they do. They, so uh, living in a hallway, pretty much. <laughs> right. And I was thinking about, you know, we all have been dealing with this quarantine and, you know, I, I was working every other day at home because at the bank where I work, we kind of split in the teams. And then Garrett, uh, about March 13th was his last day in the school. They had to do the rest of their studies at home uh, through through the year. And so I was at home a lot and Garrett was at home a lot and, and my wife was at home. And just the other day, you know, um, she made the comment about, you know, we're kind of getting on each other's nerves pretty bad. You know, we need to. So, but I'm thinking about that now. Y'all don't have any place to go really, you know, when you're talking about on a bus. So how, how, how do y'all handle, do you have little corners you'll retreat to and get your private time or, you know, well, how do you, you know, handle that? Um, you know, we, uh, in, in all honesty, we've in our entire lives, we've spent together, you know, as our immediate family. And then um, we've you know, we everywhere we went, we went there together. And um, so now that um, now that we're traveling on a bus again, um, we it's like you said, it gets tight. And, you know, it depends on it depends on the trip. But if, if we're on a really long trip, you know, sometimes if you just need a little bit of quiet, then we go get in our bunk, you know, and close the curtain and it can get dark in there, you know, take a little nap if you need to. But most of the time we're all sitting up front and um, like for, for instance, now we're working on a new CD. And um, so sometimes we'll sit up front and listen to the songs that the writers have sent. Sometimes we'll sing through some of the songs that we're working on recording or maybe singing. And so, you know, there's always, always music going on in the bus, whether it's just listening or whether it's singing some and, 
um, dad drives the bus most of the time. And then me and Connor, whenever we can twist his arm into letting us drive a little while, we'll do it. But, you know, it's just, it's just how we've, we've kind of always rolled that way, I guess, is just being, being right there together. And so it's really, it's really just, just like normal, like the back of our hand to us. So. Oh, that's great. And yeah, you know, I was thinking, I hate to ask this question, but I was thinking along those lines, you know, I was going to ask y'all who, who was the most annoying, you know, at those times when you did it the most, but I won't, I won't, you know, I won't put you well, on the spot. Can we say the dog? Can we say the dog? <laughs> there you go. I, so Riggs makes the trips on the bus, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Now, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so on the bus, when you're not listening to the new music, when you're, when you're not getting ready for the concert, I know uh, y'all have done your schooling on the bus, but uh, how, what do y'all like to do to spend your free time? Uh, what's some of your hobbies? Well, um, if you count watching the Andy Griffith show as a hobby, that's one of our main hobbies. (laughs) Perfect. Um, we like to play card games Mm. and board games. Um, that's a good way to pass the time on long trips, but most of the time we're either watching an old show like Andy Griffith or listening to some music or something like that. And then we usually have coffee in our hands. That's exactly. Keeps us awake keeps while we're rolling. <laughs> now, see, I'm still too young to drink coffee. I can't get <laughs> a taste for never, that. Never so, too um, young. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know all three of you play piano. Um, I've seen some of the videos where y'all have done. Do y'all have a keyboard or something on the bus where y'all will practice sometimes with that? Or Well, usually um, whenever we're traveling down the road, our keyboard stays under the bus in the bays. But um, sometimes whenever we uh, park it for a couple of days, we'll pull it out and put it up on top. And, you know, it takes up a good bit of room up there. So everybody's <laughs> got to squeeze by it if you got to get in or out. But, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll throw it up there and practice some. And then when we get to churches, a lot of times we try to jump in there before the concert starts and, and at get least a little practice. Minutes. Yeah, so. I really enjoy y'all uh, watching those videos with your piano player. Well, y'all are fantastic. Yeah. And speaking along those lines, uh, I'll, I'll pose this question. Uh, with the piano playing and, and the music you sing, I know y'all have had a lot of it. Y'all have grown up with influences all around you. I mean, yes, you, you know, y'all have grown up watching those on the road that, uh, you know, many of us would call singing and, and Southern gospel heroes. So yes, who would you look to as far as uh, your singing influences? And I'll go ahead and say this outside of mom and dad, because I know they're <laughs> at the top yeah. of the list, but Absolutely. Uh, other than mom and pop, who would be your influence in, in the singing world and maybe the playing world? Uh, who do you look up to? Well, um, definitely um, for me, um, I, I look up to Gerald Wolf a lot. He, um, you know, he's put a lot of years into this music and into, um, you know, the style of Southern gospel music and um, just his piano playing, you know, he plays a lot like Larry Goss used to play. Yes. And so I love to listen to Larry Goss and love to listen to Gerald play. And um, Gerald has just been a huge influence on us as a as a unit, as a family, but also individually and sitting down sometimes before like a hymn sing and saying, hey, have you have you heard this chord before? And then he'll play it and, you know, show us a couple ways to incorporate it. And so he's been a great blessing personally to each of us and to a family as well. Awesome. Yeah, for me. Um And it's just been cool, you know, getting able to grow up around this music and really like we were all such fans, such fans growing up and still are really like 
getting to go to National Quartet Convention every year growing up was something we always look forward to. But um, some influences in my life have been Lauren Talley. I've always loved her. She's always been such an encouragement to me. And um, in more recent years, Melissa Brady, being able to travel with her on the hymn sing tours. Um, she's just been such an encouragement and um, I love her voice. So she's one of my biggest influences for sure. And for me, I would, I would have to say vocally, Mark Trammell has been one of, he's been a huge influence just listening to him. Um, and even, even now, whenever, like they say, whenever we get to go on the hymn sing tours, um, just sitting there watching his quartet sing and um, they'll get him up to do solos and just uh, there's sometimes that um, if I hear a song that they've sung I'll try to mimic Mark you know just just for the fun of it he's just been a huge influence on me vocally and then um, piano Stan Whitmire has oh, been yeah. a huge influence um, I've always loved to listen to him and watch him and I can't mimic him because his hands are twice as big as mine but <laughs> But I love that. I love to watch him and to listen to him play. And um, there's there's so many others that I probably don't have time to name, but those are two of the biggest influences on my life. Well, you've hit a good list of heroes there. And yeah, I love Stan. Uh, he he really plays the convention style uh, very sure well, does. like y'all like to sing, I know. And uh, yes, yeah, that uh, you mentioned Mark Trammell it's amazing his vocal talent and how it looks like he's not putting anything into it. That's yep. the truth. Uh, but, but he just knows what he's doing and uh, it's just fantastic. And, and you know, all those uh, tickle uh, thinking about, uh, I think I heard this in another interview, but when Kennedy mentioned Lauren, it's amusing to me when I hear somebody mention somebody as a mentor who is a lot younger than I am. Cause I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's, that's tough right there. But, uh, cause I remember the first time I saw Lauren sing and she was about five or six, I believe yeah. when the tallies brought her on stage way back. Right. Then, so. Sure. <laughs> so that's good. So, uh, thanks for sharing that. So, being on the road, y'all, I, I know sometimes you entertain yourselves. Sometimes people entertain you. I know y'all hear some really funny things at the product table. You know, uh, Josh, when I was talking to Josh Singletary the other day, you know, people will say anything. Oh, yeah. So they will. E either from moments at the product table and nothing that will get you in trouble with the fans for sure. But, you know, <laughs> you gotta be careful, yeah, you got to sure. be careful. But from the product table or something that's happened during a concert, what's some of the most humorous things? You know, maybe been something when you were on stage, something that happened. What's some of you, you got a funny memory or two? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is it hasn't been too long ago either. And this has happened multiple times. People will come back to the table and, you know, they sit through an entire concert and dad introduces all of us on stage and it looks like a family. And then we, we get people that will come back to the table and say, now, are you married to this guy? <laughs> to me. And I'm going, nope. did you not hear anything that we just said? <laughs> Um, no, that is my brother. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, another time, uh, we were singing in a, it's a pretty small church, but we go, we've gone there the last two or three years for their homecoming service. And so usually we'll sing through the Sunday school hour or something like that before the, before the preaching hour or right. whatever. 
And so um, we were singing a convention song, Oh, What a Morning. You know, it's a real upbeat, oh, yeah. hearts flying everywhere. And so um, apparently they opened the back door and this lady did not realize that they were having us sing in the Sunday school hour. So she was a bit late <laughs> and it was about 1030, 1045. And as soon as they opened the door, she started just kind of dancing to the music a little bit. And, of course, we're the only ones that could see this going on. And so this lady, you know, we thought as soon as she stepped in the church that she would stop dancing. Well, she didn't. And she kept dancing down the aisle to her seat. And she sat right in the middle of the church. And so only, you know, just a handful of people saw her do it. And then we're standing up there trying to keep it all together. And, of course... Me and Bailey and Kennedy, if any of us see anybody laugh, we'll get tickled. Uh-oh. And, you, of course, we can't stop it. Dad is like steel. He just – he never – it doesn't phase him. He can hold it in. Well, Dad got tickled. And so when Dad got tickled, it tickled everybody. <laughs> it was Nobody over. knew what we were laughing at. And so we're up there dying laughing, and Bailey was the only one that held out the final note of the song. It was a harmony part. And so <laughs> – just one of those moments that I'd love to have a video of that because it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that, that that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, wonderful. One day we were one day we were singing for another homecoming, and um, the way one lady came up and she said, "Yeah," she said, "I usually I usually um, don't like to do the cleanup part." So she was like, "I always bring dishes to the homecoming," and so we were sitting there talking to her a little bit, and she said. She said, yeah, I have 35 cats. And all three of us looked at each other at the same time, and we were like, 35 cats. And, and we, were, <laughs> we were thinking, I, I sure hope we didn't eat that dish. <laughs> yeah. Like, ma'am, could you tell me exactly what you brought? Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. Uh, that's tough. Who? yeah, I'm funny about that. And, I mean, I love, you know, I love God, love people. But, uh, yep, you know, absolutely. and fellowship meals are scary. yeah fellowship meals are part of a, a baptist background but yeah i'm a little picky i like to know things like that ahead of time exactly. so Ooh, yes, mercy um well that's good stuff so y'all have got the blessing as as very young folks to sing in some amazing places um and and been in front of some ma- amazing crowds and amazing venues what's some of your favorite or your, your favorite places to sing or your most memorable uh, services that you've had maybe just uh, give me an example or two if you can think of some well um at the top of the list would be the national quartet convention just because that has always been a dream of ours like growing up you know it's just been like the stage, just that that's the dream, you know? Right. And so it's always just such a surreal moment whenever we get to do that. And, um, that's, that's a highlight for yeah, sure. It's really an honor. It is. And then, um, of course I, I agree with Kennedy hundred percent, the quartet convention, but, um, one of the, one place that we got to sing this past year, that was a neat experience. We sang at the uh, first Baptist church of Indian trail, which it's for our area. It's one of the larger churches. And so of course we've known the, uh, we've known the minister of music for a little while. And so it was just a neat experience to get to go in there and sing for those people. And they have a choir and their choir is fantastic. We actually mm-hmm. did a hymn sing video at that church yeah. and their choir sang on that, mm-hmm. but their choir sang that morning. And then we sang and it was just a sweet service, sweet spirit. The Lord really met with us that day. It was just a great day. You know, awesome. as far as, as far as memorable services, I will say one of the, the first place that we sang in an indoor church 
service after quarantine was um, some friends of ours invited us to come and sing. They had had a scheduled um, for the months where we couldn't travel. Right. And so we had to reschedule it. And so it was the first week back in indoors. And man, the Lord just moved on that service. And man, I got more of a blessing singing than honestly, I've I've never, it was just a sweet service. You could just feel the Lord moving and all the songs were ministering to me as I sang them. And it was just an, it was an incredible service. You don't realize um, how much you take singing for granted yes. until it's taken away. Yes. And so getting that opportunity again for the first time was so special. And okay. it has been each time yes. that we've been able to every sing. Service. Every service, it felt like just the Lord just moves and, you know, unlike we've seen in a long time. Jesus name is like no other. It has the power to cleanse from sin as his children. We share this message. Come find redemption by faith in him. That's why we This is Josh Singletary with Tribute Quartet, and you're listening to SBM Studio Podcast with Scott Bolden. Love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all. Fantastic. And yeah, they, you know, the old saying is absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when when, when you are not taken out of, of your livelihood, your your what you do, you know, you guys do this with a love for the Lord and, and a love for his people. And, and when you had that pause, I, I know it gave you time to reflect. And then when you get back into uh, a church and you're able to do that again, yes, I can I can just imagine Absolutely. it had to be a surreal moment. Yeah, Absolutely. So, it was. Yeah. It was. That's fantastic. Did I see... And this has nothing to do really with the spiritual side of things. But did I see? Did I see a photo? Didn't y'all get to meet uh, President Trump at some point? We did. Um, it was it was back in the campaign of 2016, and so um, a friend of ours actually worked for a congressman in our area. His name is Mark Meadows, who is now the chief of staff uh-huh. for the White House. Yep. And um, so Mark. Uh, his chief of staff was a friend of ours named Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he asked us, he said, Mark is going to be at this rally. And he said, they need somebody to sing the national anthem. And so he said, would you be willing to sing the national anthem? And so we were like, well, sure, we'll do it. And so, you know, of course, it was then candidate Trump. But it was just a few months before the election. And wow. so we sang the national anthem in front of the crowd. And of course it was electric in there. Everybody was excited. And so right before Mr. Trump came out to speak, um, they brought him in and had several people get to take pictures with him and get to meet him. And so it was, it was really an honor 
to get to meet the meet the president of the United States. You know, of course, we didn't know it then. Right. But to look back and we've got that memory of actually meeting a sitting president of the United States. It's a very, very neat moment. Oh, you'll never forget that. That's amazing. Absolutely. That is amazing. Um, well, I tell you, I don't want to take just tons and tons of your time. So I think I'm going to go ahead and move to kind of the place that I thought we might wrap this thing up. But um, this may take just a few moments, but I was thinking about, you know, when I was listening to another interview, uh, the way that you guys answered one question, and I've I've asked this a few times as far as the, um, you know, other musical influences, other things that you have, other things that you listen to, I should say. And y'all basically said that y'all really don't listen to anything other than Southern gospel. And that's amazing. And, and thinking about that, you know, um, I was thinking about my mind as a youth pastor started spinning and some of my experience, not only was a youth pastor, but I led as a worship pastor for about 20 years. And I was thinking about, you know, when I attend national quartet convention, there's no way around it. I'm 46 years old. And when I show up, I bring the average age down a notch, just a little (laughs) bit, um, just a notch. But, um, you know, one thing that I, I, I do not like to talk about styles of music when it comes to worshiping the Lord, because if it's worshiping the Lord, then we're good. You know, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. But I do have such a love for Southern gospel. And to be honest, I have had some, debate some good good hearted debate before as far as southern gospel and today's church right. and and that's some things that uh, sometimes can get some spirited debate up but the thing is is for a while when i was a uh, worship pastor i promoted several southern gospel concerts with uh, some yeah. of the friends like tribute yeah. some of that uh yeah. neelands uh really uh, wanted to get you guys before I stepped down, but I'm I'm going to keep working on that. Even though I'm not a worship <laughs> pastor, we're going to get y'all in this area soon. But um, I had a pastor tell me point blank that basically that that was not the thing to do anymore, that Southern Gospel was, you know, a, an older music for older people. And, you know, every time we did this, we packed the house and thinking about some of my observations of young people, because we had several young people that attended and and just watching how much they enjoyed the music. I participated in a reunion of one of the regional groups that I used to follow around and I was playing drums for them while they were singing. And the pianist that was playing for them was grinning like a possum through it. And (laughs) afterwards I asked him, what Mark, what's going on? And he said, did you see the kids on the front row? And now these were old men singing. This was not like you guys. These were old men singing, you know, good four-part harmony, Southern gospel music. And the kids were sitting there with their jaws dropped and just enjoying it. <laughs> and and so here's where, here's where I'm going with this. I am passionate about the thought that Southern gospel is as relevant today as it ever has been. Absolutely. And and if it is presented to young people in the right way without bias, I've always seen young people be drawn to it. Would y'all agree to that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, basically what you said, but I think it's all in what you're presented and what you listen to. And for us, we grew up around it. So, of course, we loved it. But you know, a lot of young people nowadays, it's what they're presented in their youth. It's not what they're presented in their youth groups. And 
there's nothing wrong with that, but right. they're not listening to it. And so they think they don't like it. But when they come to the concerts, they really do yeah. enjoy it. And honestly, a lot of this conversation has come up within our family before of, you know, we have seen um, in the last couple, three years, I would say, um, an uptick in young people attending the concerts. Yeah. And um, I feel in a... Uh, the common theme that we would always come across is if you present <laughs> if you present the audience with quality Southern gospel music, in in my opinion, I'm not sure how anyone could not like it. Right. Um, it's just I feel like you know if you if you have been presented with Greater Vision, Mark Trammell Quartet, the Collingsworth Family, um, the Irwins, and there's so many others that I that I couldn't name. Um, the Mallory I mean, Hayes family. If you, <laughs> well, if you if you just you know if they're if they're presented with quality Southern gospel music, it's just it, I find it very hard to not like it. Yeah, and um, you know Southern gospel music really it's one of the more broad genres of music there is, and so if you have more of a country flavor, there's always three or four gr- groups that do it a little bit more of the country flavor. And then of course there's the bluegrass part of it. And then there's also the, the more modern. And then there's the ones that do the orchestra and things like that on their songs. And so everything in between and it all comes together beautifully. And you get to watch that on display at places like Quartet Convention. And so of course, you know, we've got, in my opinion, some of the greatest vocalists and some of the greatest musicians in the world in Southern gospel music. No doubt. And so it's, it's just a, to me, it's one of the most beautiful things to watch all of it go on and how God can just put it all together and it works for his glory. There's something for everybody, for sure. Absolutely. It's very diverse. But Yeah, when when y'all were talking, I was thinking about the NQC stage and how you can transition from the McCamies and the Primitives to yeah. yes. Greater Vision and Mark Trammell to the Mylon Hayes family to the Jordan family band to, yeah. I mean, right. like y'all said, the, the spectrum is just so broad and yeah. there is something for everybody. And one thing that has always drawn me, and, and I'll say this now, used to I was ugly about it in the other direction. When I first started leading music, I would say, hey, as long as I'm doing this, we're going to sing hymns out of a hymnal. Well, I went on a youth retreat and I saw about 2000 youth worshiping with some of those confounded contemporary songs, you know, and it kind of changed. And I say that tongue in cheek now, but it it changed my (laughs) it changed my perspective. And that's where I kind of went to, you know, all worship music is is good music as long as it has a message. But that's where I'm going with this. If you listen to the lyric content in Southern gospel music, um, uh, you guys, some of the songs y'all sing, what an anchor. Mm. Oh my goodness. I mean, every time that I hear y'all sing that live or just when I'm spending my CDs, I mean, I have, I have church. Oh yeah. And yes, sir. And we were, I was actually had a conversation with mom about this the other day. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and I've even had moments like this where you're driving down the road and a song that maybe I've heard a thousand and one times mm-hmm. it just hits you that day yes and you know I, we've we've had so many stories of people coming up to the table saying you know i 
I was driving down the road last week and I just had to pull over for 10 minutes because I couldn't see it where I was driving. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's such an encouragement to the artists who sing it. But I've even had those moments where it's just, you have church by yourself in the car, listening to some of the greatest songs lyrically. Yes. And um, I agree with you 100%. Fantastic. And I'm thankful you talked about the youth movement that you're seeing in your concerts and attendance. And it's funny, you know, back in the 80s, late 80s, somewhere in that, uh, somewhere in that area, it was said that Southern gospel music was dying. And when that generation was gone, it was going to be gone. Well, we clicked on and then it got to the late 90s, 2000s. And here we go again. You know, well, it's it's, and every time there, the thing about it is, is it spreads across the generations. Every time you know a new generation comes along and I'm, I'm thankful for what I see in the Southern gospel field. Uh, obviously you guys, and I'm talking with you and, and, and the example that y'all set forth, which I'm going to say something and wrap up about that in a second, but with the Mylon Hayes family. And then you mentioned the Irwins. Um, you've got people like uh, Carrie Faye singing with uh, Karen Peck and, and yep. New River. And, and yeah, yeah. You, you, so many young people that are in Southern gospel music. And that just blesses my heart because I feel like Southern gospel music is in good hands and we're here to stay. And uh, yes, sir, that, I do too. that's a blessing. I'll never forget. Um, Gerald Wolf said one time, he said, I, he said, people say that Southern gospel music is dying with this generation. He said, I, he said, well, I saw gray heads when I was with the cathedrals. And before that, he said, surely it's not the same gray heads I see now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I seriously doubt that. It's good. Great point though. You know, so Absolutely. I, I'm tickled about it and I'm thankful for, for you guys and what you do. You know, you, I mean, I know you were brought up by mom and dad and it was in your blood to sing, but you still have the conscious choice, you know, of what you do. And you, you make the choice to give your heart to singing for the Lord. And and that means a lot to this old youth pastor. You know, I was thinking about y'all and thinking about my experience with you guys. And again, like I say, I know uh, I'm a face in, in thousands, but I remember in QC 2018, and I came up and I had I had a little list of things that I wanted to achieve at NQC because, of course, that's yeah. the time to go meet everybody, see everybody. Yes, right. And you guys had just released your uh, Joy on the Journey CD. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And that was one that I wanted. And I'm glad I got it because I've about wore it out. But um, <laughs> but I spent a little bit of time. Uh, I'm, I'm never really intrusive on uh, artist time because I know they've got tons of people to see, but I spent a little bit of time mostly talking to, to Mylon and, and yeah. a little bit to Wendy, but I did speak to you and y'all stand out in, in, in a, in a world of youth to me, uh, you stand out the way you carry yourself. Um, you know, the appearance that you give off, you know, you, your communication, uh, your genuineness that you displayed, um, and, so and, and, and kindness to an, to, to a guy that you didn't know, and, and you don't have to be that way. And, and, and I just appreciate the witness because all that, that I just said in the character that you display, and it's a witness for the Lord and that witness shines among your peers. And that's, what's important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, so yeah, you can speak the gospel and you can sing the gospel, but I, I'm a big believer in that that life has to be a Bible as well. And uh, yes, and I, I'm thankful for y'all and, and so thankful that uh, 
you spent this time with me. And yes, I'm thankful. Sir. I'm thankful to your mom and dad. I was I was talking to Miss Wendy, and I know she doesn't know me other than just talking back and forth and just some connections here and there. But I was thankful for her to to be willing to let y'all do this as well. Um, yes, sir, absolutely, it's our pleasure. Yeah, and as we're coming to a close here, I thought if y'all would like to uh, a couple things, just take a moment first of all to maybe uh, if you want to tell the folks where they can find you guys as far as online and some of your social media uh, presences. If you want to talk about anything that you've got up and coming, I'm excited to hear about a new, uh, a new recording in the works. That's fantastic. But if you want to, if you want to talk about that and then, you know, I've, I've asked, uh, I asked Steve and and Josh in, in earlier episodes that if they had anything they'd like to share with listeners, as far as this time that we're in, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, unrest. People are looking, people are searching, and uh, I thought if y'all have a thought or y'all have something you'd like to share with folks from from your younger perspective, that that would be good. So tell us about how we can find everything that we would want to find about the Mylan Hayes family, and then maybe Absolutely. if you have a thought to share with our listeners, I can share with you about that because I'm the one who runs that. But we have um, a website. You can find us at www.themylanhayesfamily.com. We have a Facebook page at the Mylan Hayes family. We have an Instagram, um, same, the Mylan Hayes family, and then also a Twitter account. So you can reach us or our personal. We have mom has Facebook. Um, us kids have Instagram. So, yeah, you can find us. And even our dog has an Instagram, so <laughs> you can reach us some way or another. <laughs> now, does Riggs personally reply to all of his of course. inquiries? Okay. Of course. Okay. He's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Would y'all, uh, any of y'all have something, you know, maybe a thought, maybe uh, uh, something to share with listeners, uh, you know, maybe a, a, an encouragement as we get ready to sign off? Yes, sir. Um, a lot of times, you know, going through this whole quarantine thing for the COVID, um, you know, people feel just kind of bewildered, not really sure what's going to, what's going to happen, what's going on. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. And so, um, you know, for us as a family, we, uh, right in the middle of this quarantine, we had a friend, a pastor friend of ours reach out. And, um, he said, he said, just for a month, a 30 day, um, fast and devotional. And he said, I'd like for you all to participate in it. He had a lot of people doing it. And so we agreed to it. And honestly, it's been one of the uh, most, one of the greatest little devotionals that he's, that he's done. And so um, he would text to us every day and it was so challenging. But for me, through all, through all of this, trying to find certainty in uncertain times, um, just to go back to the word of God And, um, you know, to read it and really study on it and dive in and really chew on it, because a lot of us don't, you know, we don't have much else to do going on right now. (laughs) So um, to be able to just get into the word of God very deeply and to just kind of sit still and meditate on it, it's been a real blessing for me. And so anyone that's asked me you know, to say something encouraging to others, especially to the young people, I want to say, get in the word of God. It will feed your soul. It is our hope. It's our anchor. Um, Of course, we sing a song, what an anchor. And so it is our anchor, the word of God. And so get in it, read it, really think on it and pray and ask the Lord before you read. 
um, you know, what do you have for me? What are you what are you trying to tell us through your word? And he will open it if you ask him. He will. I guarantee you that. And so God is so good. Get into his word and he will teach you. And for those that are um, for those that are older and may not be able or feel comfortable going out in public, you know, they may feel alone you know, being stuck in their house, right. you know, if they're, if they have a deceased spouse or, um, you know, just things that can happen that, that the devil will come and he'll discourage you and tell you that you're not worth anything and that you don't, you don't have anything to contribute to the kingdom and look at you. You're just sitting at home. You can't even share the gospel right now to those people. I would say prayer is the biggest thing that you can do the um i mean you can you can it's amazing to think of the power of prayer and just the the comfort that it brings to talk to the lord and to give him all of your burdens and to hand him your sorrows and feel him put his arms around you and lift you up and encourage you on those days that are lonely on those days that are discouraging and um, when you don't have any physical visitors, you can talk to Jesus and he'll be he'll be that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. That's a good word. That is a good word. I thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, during these times when we get isolated, Satan's favorite time is when we get isolated and by ourselves. Yes, and that's Absolutely. when that's when his whispers become a little louder. But yes, sir, um, Satan is a liar. And and. Uh, and, and and the advice to get in the Word is the best advice that anybody could ever get. So I appreciate y'all sharing that. I started at the beginning of this. I was going to call y'all by names. Kennedy's pretty easy, but, um, you know, with Bailey and Connor, I couldn't tell y'all apart by voice. So I thought, hey, I'm just going to let them talk and uh, we'll, we'll roll with it. But uh, real quick, I'd like to say to our listeners, thank you so much for listening in. We appreciate it. Uh, can't do this without you. I'd like to remind everybody, if you would, please share us. Uh, when you see these posts, please share us on your social media. Uh, if you find us on your podcast platforms, you have the option to follow and subscribe. That way you will not miss an episode when it comes out. And uh, just anything that you could do to help us. You could even rate the podcast and leave a review. That helps spread the word. But we definitely thank you for your your listening to us. And, and we just hope that you enjoy what we do here and just ask you to share us with your friends. Well, uh, Connor Bailey and Kennedy, I really, I really appreciate your time. And, and one thing that I meant to say when I was talking about the character and the integrity that I see in you guys the biggest thing that I get out of that is it's a testimony to your mom and your dad for their raising of you and, and, and the godly mom and dad that you have. So uh, I wanted to brag on them a little bit and I want you to tell them, you know, that I thank them and I'll tell them too, but thank you. Thank them for letting me borrow y'all uh, tonight. And, and uh, maybe it wasn't too painful for you guys, but, uh, <laughs> but I uh, certainly thank y'all for sharing this time with me to our listeners. We just uh, encourage you to catch us on the next episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the bend. Thanks for listening to today's episode of SBM Studios Podcast. Until next time, this is Jason Baines reminding you to love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all.